Do you and your people have the prosperity mindset? Well, if you don't, you're gonna find out how to get it on today's show. Now, this month we launched our brand new updated prosperity mindset course taught by yours truly. Uh, today we're gonna run two segments from that course, seemingly inconsequential decisions and the introduction to the fear process. Welcome back to the program. In the next three modules, we're gonna talk about three concepts that are really important to understand before we get into the actual work of creating your prosperity mindset. These three concepts are number one, seemingly inconsequential decisions, number two, the box metaphor, and number three is what I call the wheel of life, kind of the, the neurological wheel of life. So let's talk about those three things over the next three modules. First, we're gonna talk about the concept of seemingly inconsequential decisions. What I mean by that is when you make decisions in your life, in many, many cases, we operate under the misconception that our life is the reflection of the big events in our life, right? You know, who do I marry? Do I open this business? Do I take this job? You know, those big, big decisions. The reality is our life is not a reflection of those big decisions. Our life is a reflection of millions of seemingly inconsequential decisions. Now, I use that word seemingly very intentionally because in reality, they're very consequential decisions, but they seem like they're not very important, right? But what happens in your life is you start making, you know, a series of these seemingly inconsequential decisions, but they end up creating your life. Because you gotta think about it this way. When you have a big decision in your life about marrying a person, buying a house, taking a job, opening a business, having kids, whatever, whatever kind of big decision in your life, when you make those big decisions, you typically contemplate those, right? And because you are a reasonably intelligent person, you evaluate the pros and the cons, and you make a good decision. So those things tend to work out pretty well in your life. The problem is we make all these seemingly inconsequential decisions Countless decisions about money, relationships, health, business, customers, pricing, all these things. We make a million seemingly inconsequential decisions, and we never think about those, right? We just make them on autopilot all day long. And again, those are kind of like the cars running down your highway in your mind. They're the same thoughts every single day. We, we eat the same foods. We, we hang out with the same people. We think the things about money that we think over and over and over again, right? Well, you got to stop and look at these seemingly inconsequential decisions. This is what I mean when I say you got to think about the things you're thinking about. You got to start thinking about those small decisions because whether you realize it or not, they end up creating your life. Let me give you a couple of examples. Ask yourself, for example, how long have we known that smoking is bad for our health? Well, in this country, it's been about 100 years. And yet a lot of people continue to smoke. Smart, nice, you know, intelligent people, decent people, right? Smoking's not a moral issue, right? A lot of good people smoke. But why would good, smart, intelligent people smoke cigarettes knowing what we know about the potential health impact? Well, the answer is very simple. Smoking won't kill you today, right? I mean, whatever impact smoking's gonna have is gonna be 20, 30, 40 years down the road. And, you know, human nature such that it is, if there's no immediate consequence, we don't pay any attention. The same is true if there's no immediate benefit to something right? We don't pay any attention to it. So we go through life, people do, smoking, accumulating all these potentially bad health effects and don't pay any attention to it. But think about this for a moment. Suppose you had a friend who is a very, very avid smoker, just loves to smoke. And you went to that avid smoker and you said, hey, 
I want you to take a year's worth of cigarettes, you know, 2,000 cigarettes, whatever that would be, and I want you to smoke them at one time, right? Like take 2,000 cigarettes, roll them up like a big giant cigarette, and take a torch and smoke them if you got them. Smoke all 2,000 cigarettes at the same time, right? Now, even the most avid smoker, would he or she do that? Very doubtful, right? And if you said, well, why won't you smoke 2,000 cigarettes at one time? They would probably say, because it'll make me sick. It might kill me. Exactly. Smoking 2,000 cigarettes at one time will make you sick and it might even kill you. Well, guess what? Smoking 2,000 cigarettes, one seemingly inconsequential cigarette at a time, will make you sick too. Might kill you. Just takes longer. You see, this is the crazy part about human nature, right? When you have a 2,000 cigarette decision in your life, a big decision, typically you make the right choice and you say no. But if you break those 2,000 cigarettes down into the 2,000 individual decisions, we make the exact opposite choice and say yes to every single one. This is what I mean about thinking about the little decisions. So you got to think about the end game of your little decisions. Where are those small decisions going to have you end up? And then you got to make sure you make the same decision when it's a small decision as you would when it's 2,000 cigarettes, right? Let me give you another example, because this affects you in your business and in your sales career, too. Suppose it's the last day of the year, December 31st, you just ran your last call. You run your last call, you go out to your truck, your van, whatever, and you get in, there's a paper bag. And in that paper bag is $50,000 in cash. And that 50 grand represents your bonus. It represents all the extra work you did during the year. The extra calls that you ran, the extra time you spent training and practicing and role-playing and getting better at communications and persuasion, influence and closing, all those things around the sales process, right? You got really good at those. You ran some extra calls. The net result of all that extra effort was $50,000 in cash. And as you sit in there counting your 50 grand, thinking about all the amazing things you're going to do with it, suddenly your homeowner comes out to your van, taps on the window, you roll the window down, your homeowner says, hey, can I have your money? Do you give them your $50,000? Not a chance, right? That's your money. That's your family's money, right? You worked hard for that money. You would make the right decision and you would keep the 50 grand, right? It's a $50,000 decision. You're going to make the right choice. What if your homeowner said, well, let's just go 50-50 on it. You keep $25,000, I'll keep $25,000. Do you give them half of your hard-earned money? Not likely, right? Because again, it's your money. It's a $25,000 decision. So you would make the right decision to keep your family's money, right? Because it's such a big decision. But here's the thing. Take that 50 grand and break it down into the activities and things you have to do to make an extra 200 bucks a day. An extra 200 bucks a day is 1,000 bucks a week, 50 grand over the course of the year. You take that 50 grand and you break it down into what you have to do to make an extra 200 bucks a day. And sometimes we make the exact opposite decision and we give the 200 bucks away. We give the 50 grand away 200 bucks at a time, right? So you give that 200 bucks away in the form of discounts or products and services that you never even offer because in your infinite wisdom, you decided the homeowner wouldn't be interested or couldn't afford it or whatever. You gave the 200 grand away in not offering solutions or in the form of discounts to your customers. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would you give your money away 200 bucks at a time if you wouldn't give it away 50 grand at a, at a time? It's the same 50 grand. It's the same money. 
right? Again, it's a perfect example. We make the right decision when it's a $50,000 decision, but you break it down into the individual decisions, the seemingly inconsequential decisions of 200 bucks a day, and we often make the exact opposite decision and give the money away. You can't give your money away 50 grand at a time. You can't give it away 200 bucks at a time, right? This is what I mean about seemingly inconsequential decisions, small decisions that add up to big decisions. Now, if you understand that fact, I want to give you another little thing to kind of, kind of think about with respect to your small decisions. I want you to look at this diagram I have here. Imagine you leave work one day and you're driving home to your, to your house. And as you're driving home, you see these little hash marks along the way of these directions. Each of those hash marks represents a small decision, right? The small decision to turn right on Main Street and then go three miles on Main Street and turn left on First Street. You know, whatever the directions are to your house, each one of those hash marks represents a seemingly inconsequential decision. Now, if you leave your house and you make the same seemingly inconsequential decision every single day, how often do you end up at your house? Every single time. Because if you keep making the same decisions, if you keep following the same directions, you get to the same location every single time, right? By the way, ask yourself another question. Think about the very first time you went to that house before you bought it or rented it. Could you just drive there without even thinking about it? I mean, a lot of times you'll leave your office and you drive home and you're on the phone, you're having a cup of coffee, you're listening to music, you're not even thinking about where you're going. And then all of a sudden, without even thinking about it, you pull up in your driveway, right? Because the directions to your home have become second nature. But the first time you went there, you had to have a map or a GPS or a realtor show you how to get there, right? But after you made that trip a bunch of times, the directions to your home became second nature because the decisions, the seemingly inconsequential decisions to get you there, the twists and turns in the road, in other words, they became second nature. They became automatic, right? Well, this is what happens in life. If you keep making the small decisions the same way every single day, you're always going to end up at your house. And those seemingly inconsequential decisions, because you've been making them for so long, have become second nature. They become automatic. You're making the same choices, the same decisions every single day. And they're getting you to the same place. You can apply this lesson to anything in life. Take a look at this. Suppose you're making 100 grand a year and you want to go to 200 grand a year. Are there lots of little decisions, lots of little choices you're going to have to make to double your income? Absolutely, right? You got to learn to sell better. You got to have the right mindset. You got to learn to build better relationships. You got to practice and role play and study all those things, right? So there's certain things you have to do. There are certain directions that you have to follow to get to $200,000. Now, as you first start following those decisions, those directions, you're going to have to concentrate, just like the first time you drove to that house. But as you keep doing that over and over, eventually, the little tiny decisions that will get you to 200 grand will become second nature. It starts happening automatically. That's the key to success. Understanding the directions, the habitual thought patterns, and changing them to go where you want to go. And then you start making those things automatically, and you start doing the things every single day to move you to that new direction, that new location, right? But you've got to change the traffic patterns. You've got to change your thoughts. Because your thoughts, the decisions you make every single day, keep putting you exactly where you are. You keep ending up the exact same location, the same house, the same income, the same whatever. If you want something different, you're going to have to think something different. Look at the bottom example here. 
Let's say I'm at 250 pounds and I want to go to 200. Are there certain directions I need to follow to get there? Absolutely. Certain, you know, diet and nutrition decisions, certain workout decisions, right? Now, when I first start this diet, I'm going to have to really work hard to remember and consciously focus on eating right and exercising. But as I do it over and over and over, eventually the decisions, the choices to get the 200 pounds go from my conscious brain to my subconscious brain, and they become automatic, right? This is what I mean. You have to think about what you think about, because you have to think about the thousands, the millions of tiny, seemingly inconsequential decisions. They're actually very consequential, but they seem like they don't matter. It's just one hamburger. It's just 200 bucks. You know, they seem like no big deal, but those decisions accumulate and begin to build your life, ultimately the quality of your life for better or for worse. So you got to think about those seemingly inconsequential choices that you're making. And throughout this program, you're going to learn how to make better decisions, decisions that are designed to get you to the new and amazing things you want to achieve in your life and in your business. In this section of our training, we're going to get into the real fundamentals of examining your box, seeing what's in there, and putting more good stuff in there, and maybe getting rid of any bad stuff. So we're going to be talking about the process of the upside of fear. Fear is an acronym for focus, emotional commitment, action, and responsibility. And it's really the process that we use to make sure we recreate what we want in that box. Remember, you got to make sure what you're trying to do out here in your life is also consistent with what you have in your box. you got to make sure that the two things are in alignment. So uh, I want to talk to you first, at kind of some introductory concepts, this whole fear process. And, and the first thing I want to talk to you about is the concept of the power of focus, right? The power of focus and the power of intention. You know, one of my mentors, as I've referred to before, is Dr. Stephen Covey. And Dr. Covey used to always talk about this whole thing about the, uh, the unconscious and conscious serendipity, right? The conscious and unconscious serendipity of the universe. And really what uh, I think he's talking about and what I think about when I, when I think about those things is the power of the subconscious mind. You have to understand that your subconscious mind is the single most powerful supercomputer on the planet. And the reality is that while your conscious brain can focus on one thing at a time, your subconscious brain can focus on many, many things at a time. And what the subconscious really does, it's like it's the most powerful problem solver. It's working 24-7 to solve the problems that you give it. Now, here's the problem. The subconscious mind is a very, very powerful problem solver, but it's also a real lousy judge of character. In other words, it will work hard on accomplishing negative things, just like it'll work hard on accomplishing positive things. Let me ask this situation. Have you ever had the experience where, let's say, you're trying to remember the name of a song, and you just can't remember the name of it? And at some point, you go back to whatever you were doing, and a day or two later, all of a sudden, that, the name of that song just like, boom, hits you out of nowhere, right? That's because your subconscious mind never stopped trying to solve the problem. That's what your subconscious mind does for you. It takes the problems you give it, the challenges you give it, and it works 24-7 to try to solve these problems, right? Here's another example. Suppose you have a problem you're trying to solve, a mechanical problem, a financial problem, maybe a relationship problem. You just can't seem to figure it out. At some point, you give up, you go back to what you're doing, and then two or three nights later, all of a sudden, at 2 o'clock in the morning, you wake up and bam, right? There's a solution. Again, the subconscious mind is working 24-7, never sleeps, never rests. It's always trying to solve your problems. So the key to success in life is to make sure what's in your box, the subconscious thoughts you have, you have to make sure those are working on the things that you want to accomplish in your life. You have to make sure your subconscious beliefs, your subconscious attitudes, 
are consistent with what you want to achieve in the rest of your life. Let me give you an example of how this thing works. The bottom line of the subconscious mind, the fundamental component of it is something called the reticular activating system. The reticular activating system is basically a filter in your subconscious, and it decides what you notice and what you don't notice. And it filters out things that don't matter to you, and it notices things that do matter to you. The reason it does this is because, again, it's trying to solve the problems you give it, so it's looking for the, the resources, the people, the opportunity, everything you need to accomplish the things you want to accomplish. It's kind of like if you buy a new car, and suddenly you see that type of car every time you pull up to an intersection, right? It's because before you bought that car, it wasn't really relevant to you, right? But after you bought it, you start noticing it because the reticular activating system now understands that that type of car is relevant to your life, so it notices it, right? If it's not relevant, it will filter it out. So again, you give your, you give your subconscious brain instructions to accomplish something. The reticular activating system is trying to notice and find the things you need to be able to accomplish those things, right? It's very, very powerful. It's also why it's very, very important to expect big things in your life. So for example, let's say in your box, in your skull here, you have an expectation that you're gonna make 50,000 bucks a year. Nobody ever really told you directly you're only gonna make 50 grand a year, but you just adopted that belief somewhere along the way, right? Well, if that's your core belief, if that's your subconscious belief, what do you suppose the reticular activating system will do if a $100,000 opportunity comes by you? It will filter it out as irrelevant, right? Because I'm not looking for ways to make 100 grand a year, I'm looking for ways to make 50. So this $100,000 opportunity comes by and I filter it out as it's irrelevant. It happens on the subconscious level, you never even know that it happens. This is why it's so important to dream big, to expect big things. It's so important that as we work through this fear process, we're gonna put big dreams in your box. Crazy, amazing things, right? Things that you never thought possible before. And we put those in your box, what's gonna happen? Your subconscious mind is gonna start looking for ways to make those things come true, right? The work, the opportunity, the resources, everything you need. It's going to be looking for those things. So I want to give an example of how this works. This is a real-life example from my life, and I could give you 100 examples like this, but I want to give you one in particular. In 2018, I was looking at some videos on YouTube, and I came across a video of Floyd Mayweather, the boxer, and uh, you may or may not know, but he's a very avid car collector. And he had just won some big fight, and he had these two new cars that he had purchased, and he was shooting a video with the cars. One of them was his G-Wagon Squared, and the other was a Bugatti or a Rolls-Royce or something like that, right? So he shoots this video, and I see this G-Wagon Squared. Now, the G-Wagon Squared, in fact, I wanted to share with you the exact video that I saw, right? This is the video right here of him walking around the car. And when I saw that G-Wagon, I'm like, man, that doesn't look like any G-Wagon I've ever seen before in my life, right? Well, I learned that the G-Wagon Squared, they made 300 of them in 2018, and they're about a foot and a half taller, a foot wider. It's a whole different car than the regular G-Wagon. And I thought, man, that's the most amazing car I've ever seen, right? Because I'm, I'm really into cars, too. So what I did is I went to the internet and I searched for some pictures of this G-Wagon and I found, in fact, here's the one that I found right here. I'll just show it to you. And you can see the date on there is November 5th of 2018. That was the day I watched the video. I went and found this picture. I snapped a screenshot and I put it on my dream board on my phone. And then of course I go about my business. A couple of months later, I'm talking to a, a, a car broker that I purchased a car from before and I said, hey, I want you to be on the lookout for one of these G-Wagon squares. I saw a video on it, it's amazing, I wanna you know, see if you can find one for me. So he says, no problem. A year and a half goes by, and a year and a half later, this car broker calls me up, he goes, man, I got this beautiful G-Wagon square, 2018, perfect condition, super low mileage, it's like brand new, showroom condition. I'm like, I'll take it, right? I purchased cars from the guy before, so I knew it was legit. 
So I make arrangements and I send the money, I buy the car. I drive or fly off to San Diego because I want to drive the G-Wagon back to Colorado. I drive back home and right here, actually, this is actually a picture right here of the G-Wagon in my driveway. Well, a couple of weeks later, the title work comes and I hear my wife upstairs walking around and she gets the mail and she comes downstairs. She says to me, you're not going to believe this. And she hands me the title work. And this is the title from the previous owner she handled me. The title work was registered to Floyd Mayweather Productions. It was the same exact G-Wagon I had seen Floyd Mayweather with on the internet. It wasn't one just like it. It was the exact same one. This, my friends, is the power of the subconscious brain. When I gave it directions to be looking out for these opportunities, again, it's, it's like on this fourth dimension, right? The reticular activating system is noticing uh, the things I need to make this thing happen. So when I decided I wanted, I happened to mention to the auto broker that, hey, I want one. And then it was in his subconscious. He happened to find one, and so on and so forth. So this is the core of accomplishing the key things you want in life. You've got to dream big, and you've got to put big things in that box. And we're going to be very specific about it. And then, as we mentioned in the previous training, the previous section, we've got to change these neural pathways. We've got to change these neural pathways to think the thoughts that are consistent with what we want today, and we have to make sure that subconsciously, we've got our subconscious mind, the reticular activating system, working on the things that we want in life, right? Because we don't want to miss huge opportunities. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that content from our brand new Prosperity Mindset course based on my book, The Power of Consistency, of course. Now, if you haven't taken this course and you remember, you got to log in, go to the contractor training, online classes, and then click Prosperity Mindset. If you're not a member, then click the join button at the top of this page for a free 30-day trial and access this course and many others is at your disposal. That's it for today, folks. We'll see you soon. Until then, bye-bye for now.